0: Millennials are grossly underestimated. Their jobs aren't their whole world. They have options, they have the internet. Job satisfaction and strength of relationships, there ain't no app for that. Education is not a mechanical system, it's a human system. Any kind of work that's on some level
1: predictable, then that's gonna be susceptible to artificial intelligence and, and machine learning. And that job where you go to a building and you stay there 40 hours, and then you do that again for 40 years,
0: and then you retire, that's gone. Technology magnifies our leverage and increases our creativity. Stay hungry, stay foolish. Please wait as your individualized operating system is initiated. This is the Powerful Nonsense Podcast. Guiding you through the madness of modern life. Now, here are your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. Sup, Powerful nonsenses. Hello. We have returned to your earholes for another episode of Powerful Nonsense, the Millennial Podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, I am Wayne Ingram. I am Jem Yildiz. And welcome to the show. This is the first show when I am the big free-o. Oh yeah. Now a 30-year-old. How does that younger. feel? I feel like that's appropriate to the audience. How does that feel? How do you feel? Feel the same. Feel good. Yeah. Feel you, don't, you don't feel like every joint is aching? You don't feel like you need a Zimmer frame? I'm
1: oh, vibrant as
0: ever. I, th- I thought you were going to say something very different. Then. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, you are feeling good? All good, yeah. So it's so it isn't the end of your world? No, I'm still here. Good cuz cuz you're like my guinea pig cuz I've got like Almost 12 months. I could just be lying and when you get here you're like, it's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Everything hurts! (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) So, uh, today uh, we're going to be talking about career ladders and whether we millennials um, really care for them. Uh, We'll be talking about whether or not being realistic is realistic. And also talking about, which I think is something that. I'll get really excited about as a conversation, because me being the tech person that I am, is cashless society about to become a reality? But let's start with um, career ladders. Who needs them? Who needs them? Who freaking needs them? I think we've talked a lot about on the show about, you know, the nine-to-five job and side hustles and also this idea of, I mean, it's even in our intro, um, actually, about this idea of uh, going to a job for twenty-five, thirty years, then retiring, and you know, you move up the ladder, so you go from shelf stacker to <laughs> to till operator to department manager to store manager to regional manager, and maybe then even if you're really, really good, executive level, uh, as an example. I mean, all the stats and figures show that millennials aren't really into that kind of thing, so but let's kind of break it down do do career ladders actually matter?
1: I think the the change that millennials are having is that actually the ladder is changing. I would say that the the slacks on each step have to be closer together than they used to be. People want to change a lot more. We spoke about how often I think it's like every three years, which I still think is a long time that millennials want to change job. I think a lot of my friends. I think in two years' time they might have had two free jobs and then they're bored and I think that that's one of the big problems but also the actual jobs required on that ladder have changed so it's not as easy as just go from, as you say, shelf stacker to the um, cash register. It could be like shelf stacking to suddenly product design because the, the whole role has changed or the, the way that business works has completely mm. changed from going from having an actual store to now being online. It's like, okay before you were stacking shelves now you've got to care about how the website looks and now the shelves Mm. are actually online Mm. and so i think that's what's really happened i think it's just there's not that clear next step and also those steps are a lot closer together because people get bored
0: i just want to kind of clarify what you're saying so are you saying that it's not actually the fact that millennials care less it's that the job role has changed so much
1: yeah, I just think the, the, the journey is not as clear anymore. I don't think before, I think people like the idea of knowing, okay, if I do X, I'm going to get Y and that's going to be more pay and then I can do the next thing I want to do in my life. I just mm. think that doesn't exist as much anymore. And so actually that ladder is is spread out now. It's over, you, you can't just easily get that in one job. And I think employees are actually struggling. I think even myself and my own business, it's like, These young people have got so much drive and ambition and actually it's a lot of hard work to consistently give them tasks to progress to or new jobs, new Mm. responsibilities. And so that's where I think there's the struggle is because I think obviously it's innate in our nature that we want to have progression. We want to feel that we're moving forward. Yeah, But I think you feel that so much more nowadays as a millennial because meeting with friends, and then it's like, oh, "What are you up to now?" And it's kind of like sometimes. Are you
0: saying baby boomers and the and the, and the generation Y did not meet with their friends?
1: I'm sure they met with their friends, <laughs> but I'm just saying with us, it's that kind of a lot of the time. That's the conversation. As like, "Oh, I haven't seen you in a while. What's new?" And it's kind of like sometimes it feels awkward to say same old. It does. And you're it, right. You're and, so right. And so when you say like the same old, it's kind of like, well, oh, okay, is that same old? You're doing good, or is that same old? You hate your job, or is that same old? You're progressing, and it's kind of like yeah. it's nicer to always I meet think, up with your friends and say, "Oh, actually, I'm doing this thing now," and yeah. this, and you, and then that's when you have got something cool to speak about, and then suddenly you made the other person feel like shit because they go, "Same old."
0: It's it's almost our version of keeping up with the Joneses, isn't it? And I think, I mean, I've talked ad infinitum about um, 2008 and the economic crash that happened, and how much that's affected the millennial mindset around jobs and careers. Um, but i I think for me, I think one of the main differences and why I think they matter less to millennials and i 've had this conversation with my dad so many times is the previous generation was all about finding the money to provide for your family and provide for yourselves and set yourselves up for the future that 's what working was for, whereas because we have been indoctrinated through the school system, through university and everything that that career is everything um, more important than anything else you you might think if you were to observe from afar um that we've gone well actually it's not about providing it's actually about this is going to be my existence for the rest of my life uh retirement age is probably going to be in the mid 70s by the time we get to to (laughs) to the time where we should be retiring if it was now um and i think there's this element of kind of like well actually the career is so important um But also we're not driven by money now because we understand that money isn't everything. Because 2008 happened, we watched our parents lose everything or nearly lose everything or certainly lose their livelihoods a lot of the time. Um, And gone. Well, actually, as Jim Carrey said in his commencement speech, you can fail at what you don't want to do. So you may as well give what you do want to do a try And you could fail at that, but at least then you did something that you enjoyed rather than something that you absolutely despised. Um, And so I think what happens is then we kind of go, well, okay, well, this job isn't fulfilling me anymore. Um, So I'm going to just move on to something else instead, which I think is weird, right? Because also, if you look at the way that our parents' generation planned their lives, it was go through school, start a family, then worry about career whereas we go worry about go through school go through the education system worry about career then once that's in place then you can worry about starting a family and i think that's the general yeah, kind of vibe that
1: also holds like some problems and this is one thing that i'm just seeing more and more in the millennial generation is actually the fact that the parents had their kid forced them to have a sense of responsibility yeah. and i think it's so easy now for millennials to kind of say well actually i'm not i'm going to hold off from things that make me responsible or force me to kind of have to stop thinking about myself and how maybe I come across other people and look at me I'm traveling I feel that sometimes that that sort of I don't know floaty nature of millennials is actually their downfall because I do think like you need to have a sense of responsibility and I think if you always feel that you can always change and it's kind of the same in the dating world it's the same in the job world this is it's too easy to change it's too easy to let something go and I think that's why, obviously, like relationships and marriages are suffering in with millennials, they're finding it hard for dating. I think people don't know whether they enjoy or they enjoy their work enough, so they're constantly depressed because they don't know if their job is fulfilling them. I feel like, in the sense that the older generation kind of put that forced pressure on themselves, it also allowed them to actually say, actually, things can not always be ideal or perfect, but we're going to push through because we've got to be responsible.
0: I would argue that, you know, the whole when you're in an aeroplane put your own oxygen mask on first mm. and i i do think and i and i've definitely seen it i do think this premature and i would call it premature pressure of responsibility that our parents generation put on themselves i think has actually had a knock on effect to us as not as a generation but us as individuals within that generation of essentially parents that are dealing with their own issues and stresses that they haven't had a chance to resolve because they went from essentially teenage life into full-on adulthood parenthood, which has then had a knock-on effect because lo- I do think parenting has a massive f- impact on mental health and our generation has really poor mental health. And I do actually think that with us, I mean, I'm 29, you're 30, you, you've not had kids yet. I'm 29, not even in a committed relationship at this point. Um, So I am having plenty of time to address some of my personal baggage, which actually I think for the most part I have addressed. However, had I become a parent at the age that my parents became parents, so my dad was 21 when my older Mm -hmm. sister was born, passing that baggage on, 25 when I was born, at 21, I was in no fit state. To be, I'm uh, in hindsight not even in a relationship, let alone uh, having having <laughs> yeah having children, and certainly not at 25 because I was still dealing with a lot of the emo- emotional baggage that I was still dealing with at 21. But I'd kind of suppressed it and was kind of trying to deal with it in different ways. It was only about 18 months ago that I kind of went, okay, I feel like I'm actually i've I've dealt with a lot of it now, and and now I feel like if you were to say to say to me go have kids, I'd be like, yeah, I think I could. And I think I could actually teach my kids a lot and actually nurture them in a in a positive way. So I guess my pushback is that I don't think that that being that the throwing a trainers over the fence is necessarily a good thing in the in this conversation. Yeah. Because we have that abundance of information, I suppose. We're doing things from a I don't want to say more informed place, but I think you know what I mean. Um, our decisions are based off of research more so than they are just kind of spur of the moment or old wives' tales. Yeah. <laughs> God, I'm making the old generation sound like they're <laughs> nuts. Stop dissing my generation now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, and and anyway, back to back to career paths. I I just think that the paradigm has shifted massively, and I think that we don't we as a generation ironically enough though we do seem to be more career driven the a career for us is more like a body of work than it is necessarily a portfolio I and mean, yeah, call it the yeah portfolio, portfolio, portfolio career it's it's not kind of i'm going to go in this company and my expectation is that i'm going to stay with that company then for 20 30 years and then retire the expectation is i'm going to stay there learn what i can and boost up my skill set, so that then greater opportunities open up to me. It's that constant moving forward and jumping. It's it is almost like jumping from job to job in a, in. You know, it's career. it's almost a career ladder in its own. Right, but it's just not within the We're same call company.
1: we the uh, career wall. It's like one of those, you know, the indoor climbing
0: frame thingies mm-hmm. where you can grip, but you can go sideways, you can go up, yeah. you can go down. Well, it's We're interesting because it. I actually heard a quote the, uh, yesterday that I really liked, which is kind of similar. Go on in. Um And it's actually quite appropriate, thinking about it in hindsight. What's the point in climbing the ladder if it's up against the wrong wall?
1: Yeah. Whereas we're saying it's called the career wall now. You can decide to go. So you don't need the ladder? Don't need the ladder. Just, just cling you on it. Just got your, rock, go. you got your your, your little rock grips. Rock grips and just move in whatever way you like. Yeah. Go green, go blue,
0: Who go red. Knows? Who knows?
1: And then maybe you fall off.
0: Yeah. You die. <laughs> wow. Or you hit the mat. Well, as so long as you got like the little... The little padded... The, no, the 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 wire to keep you. Oh, no.
1: Sometimes those ones have just the walls up to certain, Oh, free climbing. Free climbing. I think they only allow it up oh, to right. a certain height and then... You just fall into this big mat. It still bloody hurts, though. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So so something that kind of relates into what we're talking about with careers, right, Uh, and career ladders, is this idea of being realistic. And whether or not actually, and I think this does relate quite a lot, whether or not actually we are kidding ourselves to say, well, actually I'm going to do that job. And then I'm going to do this side hustle and I'm going to do that job. And then next thing I'm going to be YouTube famous. Can you
1: be a responsible realist?
0: Oh, I like that. Yeah. A responsible realist or a, uh, or or an irresponsible delusional. Yeah. I like that. Which one do you, I think I, which, which do you think you fit into? I think you, if it's as black and white as that, Again, what I do
1: seems... I I don't know, because a lot of the stuff I've done seemed unrealistic until it becomes possible. Mm -hmm. But then you have to have a sense of delusion to think that you can do something in the first place. So you're an irresponsible delusionist? I think if you don't have any elements of being an irresponsible delusionist, I don't think you'll ever step out of what you know and then you're basically cutting yourself off from any ideas or any new opportunities, so... You have to have that level mm-hmm. of delusion.
0: I think I'm definitely an irresponsible delusionist. A lot of the career choices that I have made I mean, an actor—you'd be probably... like, "Why?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, because I know what I want to do." Um, you know, I—I I, with my skill set that I have outside of my acting career, I think I could be very high up on management in some organization somewhere. But I've chosen <laughs> to work for small businesses because they provide me with the flexibility but yeah i've chosen not to a conversation that i've had recently with with a friend of mine i think particularly if you know with what everything that we've just been talking about i think that if you don't have significant responsibilities particularly during your 20s i think for sure um, maybe even your early 30s if you don't have any particular responsibilities beyond bills then screw it why be realistic yeah I yeah. think I think realism is the enemy of ambition,
1: yeah I think so. That's a very good quote. I like that makes yeah. a lot of sense, yeah. and I think that's that's the thing again if you're obviously we're just constantly trained to be realists all throughout our youth our youth especially, mm. but then to go out and then suddenly do something that seems so stupid, especially like you say it's all about that the timing of everything like all right, it's way harder to be um like. Go crazy in your like 30s and 40s, like when you've got the responsibilities there. But if you've got that 20s and you've got that comfort blanket yeah. where you can fall back onto and you know you're not going to be too bad. It's the same way I set up my life though, even as a 30-year-old. I still wanna <laughs> <laughs> I still wanna make sure that I have I've made sure that my life allows for that opportunity to ever happen. Like I'll make sure that you've got a set amount of money in the bank that can cover you for a good six months because at the end of the day, opportunities come around and if you can't take them, then you miss out massively. So I always find, I always think it's always good to find a way to have that opportunity money available so mm. if something comes along that seems a bit crazy but unless you give it a punt, then you'll never know. So
0: do you think, do you think <clears throat> in answer to the question that was in the notes, do you think being realistic is realistic?
1: No. I don't think realistic being realistic is realistic because... At the end of the day, realisticness, as I say, is perfectly what you said with the quote. It kills your ambition, Mm. and I think it will keep you safe. It will get you Mm. there. It will do the right things, but will it make you happy? Will it make you feel like you've lived a good life? Will it make you feel like you push yourself? Probably not.
0: Everybody kind of wants to live this 5% life, right? But so many people don't want to actually take the risk or put in the work to do it. And I do think that the whole... I'm just being realistic is a brilliant excuse to not chase what you're actually after. If I don't pursue my acting career um, for many, 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 many years to come and give it my all and I get to, you know, the the twilight years of my life, I know that I'll look back and go, well, you didn't try to, to live the life you wanted. Whereas I know that if I am trying and I'm constantly changing tactic and constantly trying new things and constantly trying to open myself up to new opportunities, even if I got to the end, I feel like I would feel, you know, I'd still have regret because I didn't get to where I wanted to get to if that happens that way. But at least I'd look back on it and go, well, do you know what? You did what you wanted to do. You tried to do what you wanted to do. Sadly, it didn't work. But I think I'd feel better about that than going, well, you didn't actually try at what you wanted to do. You had a miserable life, working a job you hated for most of your time, and actually you could have spent your time much more wisely. And I think I'd much rather have have tried Mm -hmm. rather than being realistic. Uh, Let's move on to, although we haven't actually segmented this show so much, but we're going to throw one in there. This week, millennials killed. Cash money's. I always say, right, I'm just going to go, I, I feel really bad. I feel really bad for the homeless people on the streets right now, particularly in London. Because nobody carries cash with them anymore.
1: Although I have actually seen a company has started setting homeless people up with
0: contactless. Good. I think that's good. Yeah. Although, what? The, how's, how's that going to work scientifically? presumably they don't have a smartphone I'm
1: guessing that basically that device they have on them gets loaded up in the same way like you could load up a credit card so it gets tapped and it holds the money and then they can then go use that to tap in the shop to buy
0: it oh that's a good idea so it's almost like a um, top up
1: card in some ways you beep it and it beeps their end and then on their card now they've got money and they can maybe switch the way and now they can use it to spend so it's like a
0: two way card reader Pretty much, You can yeah. spend the money off the card. Yeah, oh, that's a good idea. Much. But yeah, uh, so so this is this is something that as soon as, like, Apple Pay and quickly following Android Pay and all those sorts of services came out, um, where you didn't even need a card anymore, you could just use your phone, uh, which was something that I had been talking about for years before it happened as well, um, because I was just excited by the concept of only having to take my phone out with me and nothing else in my pockets, because I hate having things in my pockets! Um, (laughs) but this, once this started to happen, I remember us having conversations about how long will it be before cash is gone? And I'm sure these conversations were had when credit cards and stuff came out. But I think the, for some reason, the replacing the card with the phone has really sped up the process because the phone is like everything. I have to to say,
1: I still don't use my contactless on my phone. I only use my phone when I'm like, oh shit, I've left my wallet at home. But that's because I've got such a natural thing to just do it on my card.
0: Do you know what? I often really worry that I've lost my wallet because I never carry
1: it with me anymore. Yeah, but you're like, as I say, you're the early adopter of these sort of things. So like for me my natural reaction is not to pull out my phone and pay for something. Really? It's still to oh, pull out okay. my card. So I do think it's it's changing. And I think, obviously... But the, even the contactless thing has sped thing, sped the conversation yeah, yeah, that's up, that's right? Yeah, that's definitely sped things up. Obviously, it makes it much... Most people are using contactless now. I yeah. think just most people don't put two and two together and say, your phone can do that. Yeah. And so that's happening. But I just think the biggest benefit of this sort of cashless is obviously the tracking of it. It's the idea that mm-hmm. whether you're plugged into one of these apps like Clio or... Stuff like that. Everything's digitized. Or you're like you say when you pay on Apple Pay, straight away you get a notification of where you spent it, how much it was, and stuff like that. And I think that's the good side of it. Obviously, we've I think we spoke about before. Obviously, for governments it's gonna be great. They can track it. I think they'd rather people not use cash yeah. so much because obviously that's hidden. You can't see it. You don't know where it's going. Businesses can kind of I don't know pull some cash or whatever they might do. So I think for the government stuff is something they definitely want to push. Um, Again, it's good for lending and borrowing. It means that people know how much you spend. Mm -hmm. You're going to get mortgage advisors that say, okay, they'll be plugged into your bloody bank and then your bank will just go, okay, he spends this much a month on going out. He spends this much on his rent and he's consistently paid it and you don't have to give all that information. And so that will be quite clear. But um, I think it's going to happen. It has to happen. Obviously, the whole next level of that will be the whole crypto wallets and stuff like that. Of course, yeah. But... um, yeah, I think it's it's definitely happening. I've noticed that myself mm. in my own shops now. A lot more people are paying by card, less yeah. are paying by cash. Yeah, and so. same
0: same with uh, same with the business that I work at. Um, I mean, we didn't. <laughs> this is the changes that I have brought the revolution uh, to the speech and language therapy world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but we didn't have a facility to are take card pioneer, payments. You're a
1: pioneer in that industry. That's it,
0: clearly. But we didn't have a method for taking card payments yeah. uh, when I arrived, which I thought was bonkers. Um, so I, one of the first things that I did was get that card system in place. And um, now we very, very rarely have any cash on the premises because so few people. We have a little petty petty cash tin, mm-hmm. and that is it pretty much. Um, because just people just don't really, they'd rather just pay on card because it's, it's, easier in some ways because you don't have to go to a cash point and then draw the money out and then count the money out you just go yep tap um but so now i'm 30
1: i'm gonna be getting cash back out I'm it. gonna go into the bank to pay things
0: you're gonna be you, when you when you're in a in a bar you're gonna be going one pound for you one pound, one two. pound for you 20p yeah. <laughs> for you yeah. Twenty p for you. <laughs> just counting it
1: out. No idea what time. these contact machines is just going to slowly start <laughs> fading away. Just what was that? Could I? What are these kids doing with those plastic things beeping it on?
0: <laughs> but I mean, this isn't all um, hyperbole and rhetoric either. Like there has been studies into this, and uh, again, American study as so many of these things tend to be. Um, but nearly twenty five percent of millennials tend to carry less five dollars in cash and I was saying before we hit record I am one of that 25% you would love to have five
1: dollars in cash
0: (laughs) (laughs) true Uh, no I am one of that 25% because I was saying if I have £5 pounds or less in my wallet, it means I've been given change from something. And if I have more than £5 pounds in my wallet, it means I'm going somewhere that only accepts cash and don't accept contracts I have to say care. that
1: I just have like a little change like pot in my hallway and then I'm just like, okay, I need about £2 pound or £3 pound for a coffee in the morning. That's yeah. the only time I probably carry it.
0: Yeah, I have a little little coin tray in one of my drawers. <laughs> so if I'm, if I'm going to pop down to the shop to buy a bottle of milk or something, I'll go there first and be like, Is, can I dip into the change? And then, like, I very rarely have any change now. I'm just, that's for the little tiny little purchases. Pieces, yeah. Anything else, I'm just like, no, I'll just pay on card. It's got to the point where I'm even now stopping asking whether or not they take contactless in, in places. Like 12 months ago, it used to be, do you take contact us? No, it's like, you're and now it's like, I assume. I mean, yeah. obviously, living in London, so privileged and all yeah, that yeah. with that sort of stuff. But um, so there are so many times in, I, I go actually, to work without taking my wallet with me. I was me. actually
1: in Derby like a couple of weeks ago and I went to this like proper little local pub mm. and I was like, Got a card out and they're like, sorry, we only take cash. And I had to walk like bloody half a mile up the road to get... Them. What a liberty!
0: <laughs> I am a millennial with rights. <laughs> I live in London, the capital city of this fine country.
1: Literally had to walk like half a mile to a cash machine. I was like, it wasn't worth it for the pint.
0: <laughs> first world problems. I know, I was shocked. But it is the first world and you do live in it. Yeah. And they are your problems. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but what a liberty. Um, so yeah, so... I guess. The conclu- uh, the conclusion I... Okay. I want to pose this question. Yes. Okay. Because I think this is important. Cashless... Ca-
1: <laughs> Cashless... Oh, you're nearly there, Wayne. You're nearly Put there. Put my
0: teeth back in. Uh. <laughs> Cashless society. <laughs> good or bad?
1: Overall, good.
0: Yeah? Yeah. You're on the pro-cashless society?
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: No dodgy bookkeeping? nah
1: but then we are closer to the whole world track like you are tracked on everything big brother tr- you are big you're, we're moving towards big brother but then ultimately that's where we're heading anyway so yeah I mean we, it's, it's inescapable yeah exactly
0: inescapable so hold on to your cash guys <laughs> keep, it, keep it under the bed yeah. <laughs> in a, in a lock box <laughs> where nobody can get it yeah cool great so that is it for this week um, shall we, shall we mention the, uh, the little, the little experiment? Yeah, okay. Really. Let's mention the little experiment. So, uh, we have decided that, um, cause obviously the podcast has evolved over time and things have changed a little bit and we're much more a kind of millennial lifestyle podcast than we are necessarily an entrepreneurial freelance podcast. Although all of those things kind of relate, we wanted to kind of jump back on the kind of old school kind of stuff that we used to do where we used to just talk about challenges of being entrepreneurial, challenges of being a graduate, challenges of being freelance, all that sort of stuff. So we've decided we're going to trial a mini sort of bonus episode every week. Um, Well, possibly every week. We'll see how we get get on. But you're going to start seeing in your feed little bonus episodes coming up, which is essentially just us taking questions, FAQs if you will um, and just riffing on them for 5-10 minutes um, so the mini little episodes that we want to throw out there just to kind of go old school again I think in a way and just riff on those ideas um, so do let us know what you think when you hear those um, and if you do have any questions that you would like us to discuss in those mini episodes do send them our way Wayne at PowerfulNonsense.com or Gem at PowerfulNonsense.com spelled C-E-M um, and we, we'll us,
1: or just put a tweet out to us, pn underscore podcast, ping it our way. Powerful nonsense Instagram, anywhere you want to send us a message or ask us uh, to answer something, just ping it over. Yeah. However you can.
0: So it's almost our QA and A show, if mm-hmm. you will, as a as a new show that we're kind of experimenting with on the feed. So keep an eye out for that if an episode hasn't already gone out. Uh, that is all I'm going to say. So thanks very much for tuning in, guys, and we will catch you next time. See you later.